Hey Creeps, I'm Laura, and with me tonight, I have Jeremiah with the Bigfoot Society podcast. Hey, Jeremiah. Hey, pals. How's it going? (laughs) Good. (laughs) All right. So, Jeremiah, for people who don't know who you are, what the podcast is about, why don't you uh, give us a little rundown about that? Mm, Yeah, so... um... So uh, Bigfoot Society is started out as a podcast because I wanted to talk to uh, people in the cryptozoology field and ask questions that the podcast that I I, uh, were listening to at the time back in 2019 were not asking. So I I said, hey, you don't need permission to do this. You can literally just do it yourself. So it started out as myself just kind of talking into my phone uh, in the basement. And then, uh, as we went along, you know, I've gotten better, gotten better systems. Um, and it just kind of has snowballed in the last uh, few years. Um, it's, it's turned into, you know, started to build an awesome community, um, mm-hmm. you know, in different places online. So it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter. I have an awesome, uh, Patreon up to 40 members. So we're, we're, rocking out over there having a good time and you know now it's even spread to like you know i was able to speak at the uh the van meter visitor festival you were Um, awesome there thank you yeah and from what i caught from yours it was rocking as well you were able (laughs) to speak there too yeah um and then uh you know besides that uh seth breedlove has asked me to do an episode of my podcast live at monster fest next june so it's like if you look at the whole like if I was able to tell myself back in 2019, hey, yeah. uh, the guy that you wish that you could uh, interview, uh, he's actually going to ask you to come, fly out to Ohio and do your thing live. So that's like it's been a crazy journey, but it's been such a fun journey. And like everyone that I'm able to have on in chat, like I'm super thankful that they're able to come on and like, you know, mm-hmm. share their stories. I, I like trying a lot of uh, random weird stuff. Like I started doing an open phone line. Thing I saw too. that. Yeah, so, that's a new thing. It's yeah. really fun. If I uh, can, I talk about that for yeah. a few minutes. So, um, I do it. It's like a live YouTube channel, or a little, it's a live YouTube show every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to go for like an old school, like coast to coast AM, like back when Art Bell was around. Yeah. And it's so I have a Google Voice number so people can call in, and then I get it to my phone, and I have a set up with StreamYard. I talked to them live on the air and it's really cool because I've actually had random people call in and share their like Bigfoot encounter stories and they've never shared it public before. I've had four of those in like 10 episodes so far. And I have, you know, people like uh, Alex Petikoff uh, calls in Tate Hieronymus, you know, so people in the community as well. But Mm -hmm. the stuff I'm really going for is like, you know, people that just stumble upon it and it's like, oh, I can share my story. And right. like, it's not just cryptids. It could be all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. Then so it's live. So anything could happen live. And then I put it up on the podcast a few days later. So it's extra content as well, which is awesome. People really how How do you find the time for all this stuff? Uh, you get really <laughs> good at budgeting time and making good use of the time that you have. So you get this as, you know, you have... You have a family as well. Mm-hmm. So you, the time that you have, you have to make it really count. And you do, yeah. You also like, you have to do the, the Gary Vee thing where it's like, okay, stay up a little bit later instead of just like, you know, um, 
falling asleep on the couch, like I'll, I'll go up and, and do right. some stuff uh, with the podcast, like edit it and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a crazy adventure and, um, good for you. Like I'm yeah, so like amazed, like totally. it's just mind blowing from again, you just started a couple years ago and now mm-hmm. look at you. Like a lot of people know who you are now. So that's the thing. I'm 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 convinced that that is a is you're like famous a lie in my head. Seriously, I have this like weird thing in my head that I'm like, um, I literally there's there's points where I have to tell myself like, you know, there's like a thousand fifteen hundred people that regularly listen to this, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't just think that you're a guy talking to yourself in your basement anymore, right? And my wife is like, seriously, you need to be prepared for people to be like what's up bigfoot society right like at CryptidCon, you have to mentally prepare yourself for it i'm like whatevs whatevs you're gonna but have we'll like see. groupies i already do and oh. you, know, you got well you know what i'm saying like i have <laughs> I peeps i'll say peeps i the other word has connotations but <laughs> <laughs> i have cool cool dudes like uh mike casey and all those cool guys yeah that's awesome okay so how did you get interested in cryptids and like, was it paranormal too? Like ghosts and all that? So that's a good question. Um, started out with, um, you know, when I was a lot, a young kid, probably around like mm, nine or 10, mm-hmm. my dad would watch a lot of weird stuff. So yep. like, I, I specifically remember seeing the, the reruns of in search of i know everyone says that but like that's how it goes down so kids so parents be careful what you show your kids because it affects them um and then uh uh, the other thing was like he he did used to watch like the old school unsolved mysteries and those would freak me out like i remember like being on the floor in on the side (laughs) of the couch and like "Uh, it's it's the guy with the trench coat again like looking through my hands you know stuff like that and then like sneaking off to bed so he might have not known that i was there but i I was rocking out to unsolved mysteries that's for sure (laughs) so there's that and then um fast forward a few years I kind of, you know got a little older got into high school i was like "Eh, you know "Eh, this is weird i'm out of here and then, but the thing is, you know, the weirdness never actually dies because it comes back. You just have to get old enough. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think I was like 2018, uh, between like two, 2017, 2018, you know, found some crazy dudes at, I used to work at Apple okay, um, in the mall and uh, worked with some dudes there. And uh, we started realizing that Iowa has some crazy stuff. And then we were like, well, there's a cryptid right next to us. There's a festival. Let's check it out. And after that, and then it was like, and that was hey, Van watch Meter, this documentary. Right? Yeah, it's Van Meter Visitor yeah. Festival. And then um, all these like synchronicity stuff, like, like the first festival, one of the first ones I got to go, like my buddy Andrew was like, hey, you should come with me before the festival because I'm taping stuff for Seth. I'm taping interviews for Terror in the Skies. And then at the last minute, he was like, hey, I need someone to be off camera, like asking people questions, like just make up the questions randomly at the top of your head. So that's actually how I learned that I love interviewing people. And that's kind of how the idea for Bigfoot Society was born. Is I that love like that. that love that I didn't know. And then after that, I was like, let's just do it, you know? Yeah. So, that's yeah. awesome. So have you had any like weird experiences or have you seen anything strange that you can't explain? Yeah. The main thing that comes to mind is uh i was and this is this is terrible because it's been a long time ago i'm gonna try to 
recount this the best I okay. can. It's also in the Ryan Sprague episode too, if someone wants to fact check Ooh, on me. Okay. Um, but but uh, pretty much what, what went down is uh, before I moved out to Iowa, so this is what I'm like in early to mid 20s, uh, used to live in Massachusetts. So I'm living in, uh, there's a room on in the garage off my parents' house. And one night I hear this crazy noise. It was like, like that kind of like mm. crazy engine noise. Yeah. And this is, this is wild because like, so I, I come out the door, the side door. My dad comes out the side door of the house at the same time. We both look up. So it's dark out. Right. Right. But we both look up and it's just like all, it's crazy. I'm looking out over the tree line and I see like, from what I remember, I distinctly remember like this massive, massive triangle shape shit. And like you can see like, you know how like in the Star Wars movies you have like the circular like glowing engine areas. Mm -hmm. Like there's like like three or five of those on the underneath. And it's like moving real slow. It's like and we just like we watch it there for a few minutes and it like goes overhead and then just appears. And like I looked at my dad and he he like, you know how when you're growing up, the first time when your parent doesn't have a like an answer for something right. and you're like, uh-oh, like that was the time. Yeah. And so um, I did talk so to him So were you freaked later. out or I like, was were you just out. shocked? Okay. I was freaked out. I actually called up and this I'm going to be extremely vague on. I called a person that we knew in the military at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, this just happened. This is crazy. What's going on? And he's like, oh, this is actually this is such and such, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, whatever, wink, wink. And then um, I, I talked to my dad like five years afterwards. And I was like, did you think that was a UFO? He's like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, no. But I listened to that audio this last week. And he's like, uh, no, I don't think so. I see those things all the time. And <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Because that could be misconstrued as something else as well. So I don't right. know. Right. Wow. But to me, I got I got weirded out. And it was like that sighting of something, even if mm -hmm. it was like a military ship on the way down to like Otis Air Force right. Base in Mass or something. Um, it's still, I think that was one of the things where like it, it sparked. Yeah. The a little bit again yeah yeah so that's that's, that's so the, cool. the weirdest i want to say that's the the weirdest thing i've experienced the other weird thing i had happen was um this last summer i went out uh big footing with tate hieronymus mm -hmm. in iowa and um this is actually if you want to see the whole thing uh tate has an episode in his search for sabe documentary where it's just the iowa episode and it's all the stuff we went through okay Long story short, so we spent an, a weekend out there in undisclosed location. It's like 110 heat index. It's super crazy, but in a very squatchy area where stuff has been recorded before. This was your first and expedition, right? First expedition. Okay, yeah, this yeah. is the one I was I kind of like, that. buy a t-shirt, wink, wink. Yeah. And everyone who helped me with that, you guys rock because it turned out being really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I really appreciate all of you for, for helping out with that and getting... Bigfoot Society stuff, uh, merch. So the cool thing that happened was we had an audio recorder out on a picnic table 30 feet outside of uh, camp the last night. So Sunday night, I got about seven hours of audio. So the next few weeks, I was like going through all the audio earlier that that night before, you know, we we dozed off. We had caught a few wood knocks on audio 
So we have that. But the audio I got overnight, distinctly around 3.45 a.m., you can hear a zipper being unzipped. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Tate didn't leave his truck. I didn't leave to use the facilities at all. Uh -huh. So I thought I was crazy because I was like, I've never heard of a Bigfoot, you know, doing that. Fast forward, I start doing this open phone lines show uh -oh. and interviews because I'm interviewing people all the time. I had a person, I talked to Randy Harrington from Into the 400. He talks about a, how they uh, recorded a Bigfoot that came into their camp and unzipped a duffel bag. Mm. They got the recording. Also, I talked to a guy where this is an interview that'll be out in the next week or two. Uh, and the gentleman uh, shared how in the Pacific Northwest, he was camping, Bigfooting. A lady had a tent by herself at the other side of camp. And like, so she's, you know, all of a sudden he hears something like, hey, what's going on? And like, there was a Bigfoot that was like pressing onto the tent, the, tent? The, the, the fly. And then it started to unzip the tent. Ooh. And I'm like, dude. So now I'm like, holy mackerel. Like, this is so like, yeah, your synchronicity city, because it's like, I never heard any of this stuff. And now. You know, now weeks. that's yeah, now you're hearing it. That's great. So those are the two weird encounters I've experienced so far. I'm sure that um there'll be more in the future as I, I get more involved with right. crazy stuff. So that's yeah. awesome. Totally. All right. So you live in Iowa. Uh what are mm -hmm. some local legends near you or in the Midwest where I'm at too? So uh the big one that you know I love, of course, is because it's in so close proximity, it's it's literally uh Within a half an hour of where we're at is the Van Meter visitor in, in Van Meter, Iowa. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's so cool, and you know you experienced the festival yourself this year. You were there, but um, you know it's a it's a such a cool story about you know 1903 Iowa, uh, small town, and and all of a sudden this this winged creature starts messing with everyone. You know, late September in 1903, every night they keep seeing this creature, and they try to shoot it with bullets and it's impervious to them and it's got like a, a light coming out of a horn on its head it smells real bad it's going like upside down on uh on uh poles like a parrot but it's like eight feet tall with huge you know huge wings some people think it looks like a pterosaur maybe some people think it's a giant bat and mm -hmm. it all goes down to you know there's a mine on the outskirts of town it has a adolescent a younger one with it and uh they they get it to the outskirts of town by the mine and the posse's out there with guns trying to, you know, take it down and pretty much it escapes in the mine or something like that. And then it's never seen again. So now you have all these theories where it's like, well, maybe it's in hollow earth. Maybe it escaped out to point pleasant and it became the Mothman, right. you know, like 50, 60 years later. So who knows? That's, that's my favorite. But like in Iowa, we have, um, you know, we have a lake monster up in Okaboji in northwest Iowa. We have, uh, I want to say we have a giant turtle up north too. Mm. Um, we have, you know, there's a few of those around the yeah. U.S. We have, um, there's a whole rash of Bigfoot sightings in the 1970s. You know, I spoke about that at the festival. Yes, and you did. Mm -hmm. That alone, that I have an episode on you have to listen to if you are into 1970s Bigfoots. Bigfoot I mean, who is it? Like, uh, everyone is, right? Right. And like, it's a whole mystery I un uncovered. That was very interesting when I, you know, I watched your whole speech and yeah. Thank that you. Was yeah. Crazy. I, people were digging it too. I was like, they no were care about this. And they were like, yes. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Midwest is weird. Like you wouldn't think so, but especially Missouri. 
I just found out about one in Kansas City, a cryptid. It's it's a Kansas City demon, and it's a uh, a winged bat like thing, uh, twelve foot wingspan, and the details are really weird on it. It's been seen four times. They don't have dates, but it's got a really ugly face, and okay. the report says a face that's even as ugly as an ugly man. So. <laughs> Usually they're like gorilla faces. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's a crazy one. There's, um, I don't know if this would exactly be cryptids, but you know, our, our terminology of cryptid is becoming Mm -hmm. very loosey goosey, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not going to gatekeep anything. You know, I just, the more people we can get into this, the better. Right. Right. But, um, there's, you know, when, uh, there's bad tornadoes like the Joplin tornadoes, Mm -hmm. Uh, there were the butterfly people were seen. What and are those? So some people were like, you know, they were appearing around the time of this huge tornado that happened in Joplin, Missouri. And so some people are like, well, do we have angels going on here? Mm-hmm. Or like, is this a thing like the Mothman where like a creature appears and, you know, tries to warn people? Those haven't really been seen uh, again. And of course, then you have the famous, you know, SDM has the movie Momo, the Missouri monster right which is that that famous Bigfoot figure mm-hmm. seen back in the day. Um, and then, I mean, you, you go up into Wisconsin, and that's a whole oh, episode yeah. in itself. You got it Odag, and you got all the, the weird, beast, you know. Bray Road. Yes, the Beast of Bray Road. So yeah. Midwest actually has a lot going on. Some yeah, we people do. are like, it's all West Virginia. Now nah, we, we're just a little bit more spread out, you know. Yeah, so. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you ready for some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. What is your go-to karaoke song? Um, I've never done karaoke, but Jeremiah, come on. Okay, what song do you I like really, blast in the car that you like okay. sing um, really loud to? Oh, I used to. Uh, this is way back uh, when I was, uh, you know, single in college. I used mm-hmm. to think it was really cool in my uh, Plymouth Sundance because <laughs> I had a tape deck to yeah. rock out to. Uh, I had a cassette of uh, Wang Chung. Oh, nice. It was so good because it's such a rock. It's rock and music, but also when you like you blare it, people mm-hmm. give you the weirdest looks. Yeah. So I had like Wang Chung. I had Ghostbusters. Nice. I had like uh, Back to the Future. Like, so you're all into the 80s music. Weird. Oh, totally 80s stuff. And so because of that, I've discovered, uh, have you ever heard like Synthwave? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I love synthwave because it's like if people made 80s music today, it's right. so good. Yeah. Okay. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, boy. Uh, Let's get it. Come on. Dig deep. This Remember is, that. This is terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm asking the tough questions here. You are. You really are. Uh, we're talking real person, right? It could be a, it, yeah, well, just go ahead and say it. Is this from a movie? <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a real person. It's go been ahead. so long. It's been so long. <laughs> um, I don't want to be like, I think like everyone like had a little crush for Topanga in Boy Meets World. Mm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel bad because I can't remember the actress's name, but like. But we all know who Topanga she is. was. Topanga, the character, was pretty rocking. Like she was, okay. she was like this. Uh, she's like a little hippie. <laughs> she was, hippie, yeah, uh, long yeah. hair. Great, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Big lips, so. right? 
I don't know. I don't know. But uh, she was great. Okay. <laughs> that and what? Gadget from Rescue Rangers was way cool, too. <laughs> I put that in because I know people that know me are going to be like, you didn't say Gadget from Rescue Rangers, you liar. <laughs> not that, you know, like Gadget is pretty rocking. But yeah. Nothing, nothing weird, you know. <laughs> it's a weird question anyways. You're going to get me in trouble. All right. What's your favorite <laughs> breakfast? <laughs> breakfast food, whatever. Or meal. If I could have anything from over anything the from years. anywhere, mm-hmm. toaster strudels were really awesome growing up. What kind? Strawberry, raspberry. Uh yeah, strawberry. Were okay. I mean, as long as you had Good like choice. the, the, the icing. Uh, strudel packet. If you didn't have the packet, you were hosed. It's yeah. like, what's even the point? You know, it's just a flaky, a flaky biscuit with jam. <laughs> or I don't know, but that is yeah. <laughs> Okay. What world record do you think you have a shot at beating? Um, the person who's talked about the Van Meter Visitor the most. But it's probably mm. Chad Lewis that is beating me, but eventually I You're gonna win. beat him. Yeah. Eventually. I have no doubt. Although He'll I kinda want him to to win too. Like he's the band he's the man, but I'm yeah. gonna win. So you know. All right. I'll I'll start to make your trophy for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Mm-hmm. Would you rather go forward in time or go back in time? Um, oh, I used to think about this a lot because I'm super into Back to the Future, like way more than a person should be, like, like <laughs> way more than a person should be. That is, you know how like you okay. hyper. Yeah, I'm I'm learning as an adult what hyper focusing is. If I knew what hyper focusing was as a child, mm-hmm. life would be totally different. But, um. Mm, I think if you, I'm really paranoid about going back because I'd screw up too much stuff, mm, but yeah. I think I, I would, I would do it. And here's why, Okay. because someone has to go back to 1967 and figure out what really happened, like have a camcorder in the bushes with like Patty the Bigfoot and Roger Patterson. And so that's Bob what Kim. you would go back and, and that's do? That's what I would literally okay. do. That's what I would literally do. I would like take Tate along too. Okay. Although he would probably like. That's a great answer. He he would steal the sports almanac probably in the past, <laughs> but you know. All right, Jeremiah, where can people find you? Thank you. Thank you. Um, You can find me. You can go to BigfootSocietyPodcast.com mm-hmm. and all my links will be there. Um, And you can check out YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. Facebook, TikTok. Yeah, a lot of different stuff. But you can, although TikTok is not on the website. So if you want to look me up on TikTok, mm. Bigfoot.Society. Uh, TikTok is for insane people, which I love because I'm insane. Um, I have this one TikTok that's almost going to hit a million views. And I'm Wow. Like, which one is this? It's, uh, it's about the Nahani Valley in Canada. Okay. And it's like this this forgotten – it's pretty much like the land before time ripped it off. Or like if you think of the story where it's like, oh, there's this place that's really hard to go to and um, stuff lives there that you didn't think was around anymore. Like mm-hmm. it's for real, the Headless Valley. But there's also like um, prospectors would wind up um, – uh, is this is this all ages? Uh, no. It's, it's, it's called the Head – it's called the headless 
valley for a reason because okay. of what would happen to the prospectors that they gotcha. would find that were no longer uh, mm-hmm. life filled. Um, but yeah, uh, they have stories of seeing um, like prehistoric bears, uh, dinosaurs. So it's a really like you can hype up the story, right? But yeah. so I made a TikTok about that, and like people went nuts about it, and like just picked it apart and like it's so much engagement it's almost a million views but it's wild that's incredible it's cool yeah all right so what uh events do you have coming up i have uh so i will be attending crypticon uh end of this month i won't be vending but i'll be attending just hanging out so if you see me come up say hi i might have something to give out to you we'll see depending on how many i have no promises, but say hi. Um, next year, June Monster Fest, I'll be there uh, doing Bigfoot Society Live. Uh, Van Meter Visitor Festival, I will be there as well next September. Helping awesome. Out all sorts yeah. of stuff. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Totally. This has been really fun. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And you can find me and the rest of the gang on all the socials as well. You can rate and review our podcasts on spotify and apple and yeah it's been great talking to you and it's good to see you again yeah dude cool all right thanks for having me on you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) hey creeps it's laura and with me tonight i have mr jeff finnup from badgerland legends or he's also known as the Wisconsin Legends guy in Facebook, right? That's right. Thanks for having me, so, Laura. Yeah. So, Jeff, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, how you got started, you know, being the legend guy of Wisconsin? Yeah. So, I guess it really started for me when I was eight years old. Uh, my mom, she brought a book home from the library. It's called Wisconsin Lore. And mm-hmm. within that book, it really captured my imagination with these ghost stories and all of the collected folklore of Wisconsin. And I began to kind of look at the world a little bit differently because when you're, you're eight, uh, you're pretty innocent. You know, you might think, you know, there's ghosts or there's monsters, but you don't think they're in your backyard. But when your mom brings you home a book about your home state and it's about three inches thick, you start to think, well, maybe I live in a little more enchanted place than uh, what's let on. So that, yeah. That uh, really started my fascination with this. And then growing up in the 90s, we're about the same age. You know, we had uh, we had um, Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. And we had Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. And uh, all these spooky and creepy um, books were just coming out. Mm-hmm. And just being kind of captivated by that whole, you know, that whole thing in the 90s. Yeah. It really got so, me going. So how did you decide to start? like the Instagram account. Cause that's how I met you was through Instagram. You're yeah, posting you... some Wisconsin legends. And I think I just like replied to your stories and you kindly replied back and we started a friendship. Yeah. I Aww. think uh, you connected with me really early on and I number guess. One fan. Yeah. ELL <laughs> number one. Um, so yeah. Um, I've always collected, you know, folklore and pamphlets and books by Chad Lewis and went to the Chad Lewis um, presentations. And I've always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. I've always been kind of, um, you know, uh, I'd always keep like journals and 
do a lot of um, travel logging and stuff like that, but I didn't really have an outlet for it. So in early 2020, I decided to start the Instagram account just so I had something to put out every day. Okay. And I started, you know, sharing the different legends. And, you know, early on, I, I started talking to like Anna Benedict about his fascinations. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you um, and then just started, you know, collecting stories and putting them out in, you know, short Instagram posts and right. kind of uh, caught steam from there. And now I have almost a thousand posts on there where I I talk about, you know, everything from legends, lore, history, cryptids, oddities, UFO encounters, you know, anything, anything and everything strange. in Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. And now you have a Facebook page and that's, so Instagram is Badgerland Legends. Yep. It's Badgerland Legends on both Facebook and Instagram. But then um, Laura convinced me to start the Wisconsin Legends Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So if any of you spooks or creeps aren't already on it, you know, feel free to look it up, hit the invite button, and maybe me and Laura will be nice enough to let you in. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah. And you also have a podcast. Why don't you tell us about that? Wisconsin Legends Podcast. I hooked up with Mike Huberty from American Ghost Walks. He's a fellow Madisonian. That's where I live in Madison. And we decided to write a season of kind of in-depth topics, all Wisconsin legend-based. And we launched the first season in, I want to say September. And we have seven episodes and we're looking to record more now that things have kind of slowed down in this tour business mm-hmm. and finally get into the recording studio to crank out a few more of those. Awesome. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Cause they are like produced and written and you know, you guys have done a really great job with that. Yeah. Mike is, he's very research heavy and he really puts a lot into it. So mm-hmm. it is a bit of a time suck, but uh, I think the product speaks for itself. We've done everything sure. from Dahmer to Gein to, Hotel Hell, Devil's Lake, Haunchyville, uh, Mineral Point Vampire, and um, Beast of Bray Road. So of we, course. We kind of cover it all. And then yeah. in season two, we're trying to get some feedback from the audience to see what they want to hear. And then oh. I think we have some ideas of uh, of our own. I think uh, we have yet to cover Bigfoot. Bigfoot in Wisconsin. Okay. Nobody, nobody thinks about Bigfoot in Wisconsin. They don't, no. But uh, there's some evidence. and. You know, everything's Wisconsin dog man. Right. But if you talk to Jay Bachochin right down mm-hmm. there in the Kettle Moraine, not too far from Bray Road, he's got some compelling evidence of a hairy hominid. So we're going to we're gonna cover Bigfoot. We're going to cover UFOs. I want to cover guys like Frank Lloyd Wright, maybe Harry cool. Houdini. Yeah. Yes. The more historical figures yeah. as well. Not cool. just serial killers, which uh, Wisconsin seems to have an overabundance of. Right. <laughs> So, speaking of Bigfoot, you have had a paranormal experience, right? You can't well, really... I, I, I teased it a little for you, Laura. Uh-oh. So, this isn't Wisconsin-related, but... Um... Okay. But something so, has happened to you. So, I used to go on these fishing trips way up in Canada, and from my hometown of Wisconsin Rapids, it was about six hours to the border of Canada and then about another six hours into Canada to get mm-hmm. to our cabin. So we'd go up there, me and my dad. How old were you? Up, um, 
about 30. So okay. within the past decade. Mm-hmm. And we would we would drive up there, spend a week on the water fishing, and then it'd be time to go home. Now, my dad, he's a bit of an insomniac and he's kind of a psycho. So he decides that. See where you get it from. Yep. Chip off the old block. <laughs> so he decides that we need to hit the road at 2.30 a.m. Well, we are in the remote wilderness of Canada. There's one highway in, one highway out. And we get going and we're probably about a half an hour from the cabin, you know, heading back down south home. And we both lock eyes on what looks like two yellow glowing eyes in the ditch. Mm. And he starts slowing the truck down and we are just watching these glowing eyes. And they're about eight foot and just, uh, just over the ditch. And we're thinking, what is that? Mm-hmm. What is that? And we get closer and closer and closer. And then we see it. It is a huge bull moose standing <laughs> on the edge. And then, you know, we pass it by. We take a few breaths and we look at each other. And I was like, I thought that was a Bigfoot. And he's like, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> so that's that's the closest I've been to any Bigfoot encounter. Okay. But uh, it, it, was, it was a pretty surreal experience seeing such a huge animal. For sure. You know, eight foot tall, right there on the side of the road, 3 a.m. in the Canadian wilderness. You never know what could be out there. All right. But unfortunately, so has... it wasn't Bigfoot. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yep. Definitely keep your eyes out. <laughs> So has anything else ever weird happened to you or nothing? Um, I've had just a few, you know, fleeting encounters. Um, So one time me and a group of friends were coming back from the bar. We were probably in our early twenties. My friend was still living with um, his parents at the time and his parents were out of town. So we, he had a thing whenever his parents were home, his dogs would go nuts whenever we tried to come in the house. Now he had one of these open houses where you didn't have to knock on the door. You just walked mm-hmm. right in. You know, his, his parents were very, cool. very loving and open and cool yeah. about that. Just be like, Oh, Hey, it's Jeff. Hey, it's Eric. So, um, me, Guy and Eric, um, three amigos, we head back in, um, from the bar and we, we walk in, in front of guy and the dogs start going nuts. And we're thinking, well, that's kind of odd because they only bark when guy's parents are home. Otherwise they're docile. So it was all, hmm. almost like a thing, like you'd walk in and if the dogs were barking, you knew they were home. You knew, not, yeah. You're like, Oh, they're not here. So we're like, okay, that is odd. So guy lets the dogs out. He's, you know, down back around the shed and me and Eric go sit in the living room and we're just kind of talking and we both hear a murmuring coming from the room behind us. And it's the dead of winter. You know, mm-hmm. there's nobody outside. And we both look at each other and we hear it. And it sounds like people are talking in the room behind us. So we both like get up and we're both quiet and we hear it. And then we walk into the other room and it stops completely. Oh. And then we just kind of look at each other like, what did we hear? And then we hear a guy with the dogs coming in and we're like, okay, it wasn't guy. It wasn't the dogs. 
what was that? Hmm. So guy puts the dogs in, he walks back in. We're like, guy, we heard people talking. And he's like, oh, you heard that too. And we both look at each other and he's like, yeah, every once in a while I'll come down stairs. And this is the, the room that um, the stairs lead to. So okay. he will, he, he'd sleep upstairs and then he'd walk down the stairs and he'd hear people talking. And this happened maybe, you know, once a month. So we actually kind of corroborated his story. So is there some kind of ethereal party going on in his living room that he doesn't know about? And then when we uh, notice, it, it goes away. So that's yeah. probably my only real significant ghost encounter or anything like that. That's weird. Is yeah. it like an older house or like in an older part of like the neighborhood or like? It, it's an, it's an older house, but not substantially. It's probably from the 50s. Okay. So okay. his parents probably moved in in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure on the history of the house, but well, it wasn't old. You should look into it. Yeah, well, I I asked him, and he really didn't know anything about the history. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. All right, so local legends. What do you want to tell me about? There's so many. Like you said, you've written what, like over? I've written probably five, 500 different ones. Yeah. Um. So give me like one or two that are your favorite. Sure, sure. Now, you've told me that we've already talked about pancakes from space. Yes. So I'll skip that one. That is probably one of my favorite. But have you heard of Haunchyville? I believe so. The name sounds familiar. Okay. So has Chad for your talked audience, about it? I'm sure Chad's talked about it. Okay. But um, I like the story because it kind of goes into some Wisconsin history. It's kind of a fantastical tale, which I love. And mm-hmm. um, there's an actual place that is said that you can go to see this. So um, according to the legend in the 1950s, a group of circus workers that, that were dwarves, they were displeased with their ringmaster. So they revolted against him. They tortured him and they sawed off his limbs and Mm -hmm. hung him in a barn. So in order to avoid punishment, they fled to the, the backwoods of Wisconsin and started their own colony of little people. Now, that rumored place is Mystic Drive in Muskego, which is kind of a suburb of Milwaukee. So it's only about 20 minutes okay. outside. Um, Muskego's really grown up over the years. It's become kind of one of those premier bedroom communities, big houses. Mm-hmm. It, it's a nice place to live. But in the 80s, in the 90s, it was a lot of woods and prairie, like, you know, much of Wisconsin. Right. Well, anyway, you know, these dwarves, for lack of a better name, they were very protective of their village and they didn't want pre- uh, trespassers uh, messing around, bothering them. So one day, mm-hmm. a young boy with albinism wandered into this, the encampment. Now, he was a little guy and he was about the size of the haunchies and they called him haunchies for the dwarves. And due to his size, they brought him in because he didn't fit in the outside world with his albinism. So they kind of adopted him as one of their own. Well, the boy grew up into a man, and he was really protective of that community. And he was said to wander the perimeter of the the camp or the the village Mm -hmm. and wield a shotgun or an axe. So if anybody would have to go out there 
they would encounter this albino with a shotgun. And then, like I said, you can, you can visit mystic drive and down at the end, you can see you're supposed to see these little signs. Now you're supposed to see these little huts and that's where the haunchies live. So if you dare, you can go down to Haunchyville. Have you been there? I have not. What is stopping you? Um, the fact that it doesn't exist. <laughs> but um, Mike Huberty, mm-hmm. um, my partner on the Wisconsin Legends podcast, he grew up not too far from Haunchyville, and he heard about this in high school, and mm-hmm. he had to go out there. And he was expected seeing, expected to see like a ghost, maybe of the ringmaster, or maybe see these little people, but he didn't end up seeing anything. And this was um, kind of published in early uh, bulletin board forums in the paranormal and kids would go out there and, and try to scare each other. Right Now, um, Mike did some digging and he was able to find that there was these old stone huts. And then there was also probably like, you know, ski trails or snowmobile trails with the smaller signs that may have contributed to the legend. Oh, yeah. But I just thought it was great because it was kind of a callback. To, yeah. to Wisconsin circus history, Baraboo and mm-hmm. uh, Delavan, big circus communities. Right. And um, I thought that it just kind of created a cool imagery of these little dwarfs, you know, wanting to have their own community. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's but a don't good mess with story though. without the ring. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want to see a video and hear a song about it, Mike recorded a song with his band Sunspot. And it's mm-hmm. called Haunchyville. So check that out. Maybe drop that in the show notes for Mike. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, link that up. But the, All right, uh, so give me another one. Yeah. So the other place, um, I saw Laura not too long ago at the Milwaukee Paracon. Yes. And, and you did awesome. You were a speaker and yeah, thanks. so proud of you. I was front and center, me and Logan. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Felt like a hometown crowd there. Had some friends yeah, in the audience. Yeah, definitely. So the Joan of Arc Chapel is the oldest building in Wisconsin, but it's only been the oldest building in Wisconsin since 1966. Because much Mm. like the first um, European to discover Wisconsin, uh, just like the chapel, they're both from France. So inside the Joan of Arc Chapel on the Marquette campus in downtown Milwaukee is a... It is a stone that is said to have been kissed by Joan of Arc after she prayed to the Blessed Mother before she went into battle. So there's this old French chapel. um, And ever since that day, that little stone in the niche is said to be colder than the surrounding stones. So I got to visit the chapel and lay my hands upon that stone Mm -hmm. that she legendarily kissed. And it does feel colder than the stones around it. So it's uh, a great is piece of history. Is it the same kind of stone as the it, other it, one? It is. It, as far as I could tell, and I'm a, not a geologist, so I couldn't tell. But mm-hmm. and that was like my first clue was like, is this the same kind of stone? Right. But it does resemble it. And I think they try to match it as well as possible. Mm. So I got to you know lay my hands on the stone. And I did notice that there was it was eerily colder. So like, I think, no, like it was definitely noticeably. Like, were you, I mean, yeah. you're obviously 
checking to see if. Yeah. So the, I mean, the, the docent there, because mm-hmm. whenever it's open, they have like an attendant there and they're very knowledgeable about the history. Okay. And, and she kind of went through, you know, the, the chapel, the history of it, um, that the chapel itself wasn't related to Joan of Arc, but the lady that brought it over, she was a huge fan of that era that the church, the church was built in as well as St. Joan. And this was kind of an addition to the actual chapel. So it's just cool to see the history, see this old French chapel downtown Milwaukee on um, kind of this. So if you've never been to Marquette University, you'll. you'll I haven't been there. Okay. You'll pull up to it and you're in like downtown Milwaukee. But Mm -hmm. once you walk through like the main corridor, it opens up into like a green and you see this old mm-hmm. chapel and, you know, kind of the quad area. And it's kind of like scenic and pastoral right, right inside Milwaukee. So it's like, it's cool to kind of take a step out of Milwaukee and right. back in time about 600 years to this wow. chapel. And it's uh, beautifully maintained and um, furnished. So I would recommend that to anybody. And yeah, they let you place your hands on the stone and they, they even tell you the legend about the stone because I wasn't sure how they were going to do yeah, do that. If they were going to be like, oh, there's nothing to it. But they're like, no, take take your wrist and put it on the stone and then put it on the uh, accompanying stones in the wall niche and you'll notice the difference. So I did that and I switched wrists and I was like, it does feel colder. So you know, what do you think it give... is? I don't like, what, what do you personally do you think it is? I think I think it might come down to power suggestion. Yeah. But I don't want to rule anything out. And I didn't want to like bust out like a little infrared thermometer and like shine my little (laughs) red light on it to see if it was actually (laughs) break a little piece off. But yeah, break a little piece off. But (laughs) um I I would I would challenge anybody in there to to give it a shot and report back to me what they thought. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely find the address and and put that in the links. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, just Marquette campus, Milwaukee. You can't miss yeah. it. Cool. In one of my other favorite legends. So I mm-hmm. like to, you know, take these legends and kind of try to dissect them and try to get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. So do you know what Wisconsin's unofficial cocktail is? If you had to guess. Mm, no. Old fashioned. I'm not good. Okay. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not really much of a drinker, but. Okay. The brandy old fashioned is okay. Wisconsin's unofficial drink. So they. Do you like drinking those? I love them. Yeah, I actually just okay. made my wife one for dinner. Wow. Um, look at that. Yeah. We usually go with whiskey, but brandy is the traditional Wisconsin. Okay. So I don't know if I'm quite a Wisconsinite if I don't take the, the, uh, the whiskey. But. Right. They use Corbell brandy, which is a Californian brandy. And the legend revolves around the the brandy itself. So um, most people make these with Corbell brandy. And the running joke or legend is Corbell's loading dock has two doors. And it says one for Wisconsin and one for everywhere everywhere else. (laughs) And in 2019... Corbell produced 275,000 cases of Corbell brandy. 150,000 of those cases shipped to Wisconsin. 
So that's oh, wow. 50, 55% of their brandy production is shipped directly to Wisconsin. So <laughs> I reached out to Corbell and I asked you did. Him, I did. I, I, I sent him a, a, an email. I didn't expect to get a response back. Yeah. And they were actually nice enough to send me an email back probably within a day. So I was like, wow. okay, this is great customer service. Right. And the email read, although Corbell ships more than half of its brandy production to Wisconsin, everything goes out the same set of loading docks. I think this rumor came from the old tax stamps that were specific to Wisconsin long, bef- uh, long after there were no longer any federal requ- requirements. So Wisconsin had a specific tax stamp that they slapped on the labels of the brandy yeah. before it was shipped. So because of the stamp, Wisconsin had its own section in the warehouse, and we had a big sign on each row that specified that this was Wisconsin-only product. And then lots of our industry partners saw that over the years, and that you know started the rumor that you know there was two doors, you know, trucks from Wisconsin backing up and loading them up, and then everybody right. else. But so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. And and being being able to you know take that kind of old you know half joke half legend and kind yeah. of dig to the bottom of it and find out okay well I don't know if Wisconsinites want to be proud of how much brandy they consumed but at least we're <laughs> a leader in something right yeah there you go yeah <laughs> awesome all right you ready for some rapid fire questions yeah let's do it all right who was your first celebrity crush ooh. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. Probably Cindy Crawford. I was I was a boy in the oh, 90s. Oh, okay. Okay. What was the last song you downloaded? Ooh, does anybody download songs anymore? You don't download, you don't have like a playlist or anything? I got a playlist on, on like Amazon or Spotify. Okay, so you don't like, add, okay, what was like the last song you added to your playlist or... Um, it was probably um, Kelly Clarkson for my daughter. Okay. That's cute. Yeah. I know you yeah, don't have a daughter. It's, e- it's, either, um, it's either poppy girl stuff or Encanto these days. The long sure. the, uh, the days of Disturbed and Godsmack in, in the uh, family car, they're, they're long over. People, he doesn't really have a kid. Our kids, kid or or a wife. Uh, I have a mythical wife, alleged wife, alleged wife, according to Laura. Yeah. Do you wear socks with sandals? I don't wear sandals. Good answer. Uh, What is the movie that you enjoy quoting the most? Step Brothers. Give me a quote. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) Do you consider a hot dog a sandwich? Hot dog is a sandwich. Why? Because it is between a bun. So you need the meat and then the bread, the two you, pieces you, of bread. You need, it's not. It's not a hot dog unless it's on a bun. Then okay. it's just a frank or a wiener. But a hot dog is a sandwich. Fight me. All right. <laughs> Last question: Toilet paper over or under? So this one has um, evolved over the years. I, oh, really? Yeah. I, I like the aesthetics of it under. 
I think it looks neater and tidier. It does. And mm-hmm. it doesn't unspool. So if you have a cat, you can't have it over. I don't have a cat. But the utilitarian side in me has now put it over. So it's over. Because it's easier answer. to come off the rope the roll yeah. when you do it over. Okay. That's the correct answer. All right. <laughs> Glad I aced right. the quiz, Laura. Yeah, you did. All right. Where can people find you? At Badgerland Legends on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. And then the Wisconsin Legends group on Facebook. Super secret group. You need mm-hmm. a password to get in. The password is Laura's cool. Aw. Shucks. <laughs> and what about your podcast? Podcast is the Wisconsin Legends Podcast, wherever you can find podcasts. All right. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, you, Laura. Um, one more thing. Do you have any events coming up or what's like in the works for you? I don't. We are going to be um currently we're researching and mm-hmm. writing our Wisconsin Legends podcasts. Okay. Um I may be still working on a book, but that's been kind of shuttled to the back burner. But for most, it's uh, Wisconsin Legends five days a week. Mm-hmm. I focus on the people, places, and things that make Wisconsin legendary. So if you're into that, check it out. I always try to post some funny stuff and stories too on Instagram. Laura always funny. hits the uh, the heart button, so I know they're good. <laughs> I'm just being nice. Yeah. Appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) All right, Jeff. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Laura. Yeah. And you can find me and the rest of the crew on all the socials. And yeah, we'll be talking to you later. Bye. Bye.